0: First Chronicles chapter 11, we're going to read a um, few verses here, six verses, and, and get right into the word of the Lord. I'm trying to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I believe someone in this building, in the last 20, 25 minutes, the Lord has already touched you, and he's dealing with things in your heart. I see, and I hear the Holy Spirit saying, secret places that you've closed the door on, that the Holy Spirit walked up to those doors, and he'd entered into those rooms in your heart and begin to deal with you. And I'm here to declare and decree to you that your best days are not behind you and those things that you've hid, God has dealt with them so intimately on this morning. And because you've allowed him to rearrange what has been what you thought was permanently enclosed, he's not only opened that door but rearranged what's going on. Get ready for adjustments in the next few days. I believe that God has strategically set stuff up for you in the next few days that is going to overwhelm you at what he's done on your job in your family in different places that you will visit and i'm not speaking something that is trying to you know i'm not trying to be some super mystic person but i'm just here to tell you supernaturally that god is up to something big in the sum of your lives can you believe that and receive that amen Father, we pray right now, I pray that the people will follow the leading of the Holy Spirit on this day. And this is a church that is governed by the Holy Ghost. And we are determined to follow the agenda of the Spirit of God. And as we track through this word today, I ask you to do something explosive and dynamic, even grandiose. And I'll even say sensational in the lives of these, your people. That when they leave this building today, they will know that they have had an encounter with God himself. Jesus, you are Lord, you are Savior, and you are King, and we praise you for everything you have done for us, what you are doing for us, and we give you praise for the things we've not yet seen that you shall do for us. We give you praise for that now in Jesus' name. First Chronicles chapter 11, verse 1, Then all Israel gathered themselves to David unto Hebron. Listen to this vocabulary, saying, Behold, listen very carefully, We are thy bone and thy flesh. The people said to David, We are thy bone and thy flesh. And moreover, in time past, even when Saul was king, you are the one that led us out and brought us in. And the Lord your God said unto you, You shall feed my people Israel, and you shall be ruler over my people Israel. Therefore... Listen to verse 3. Came all the elders of Israel to the king where? At Hebron. And David made a covenant with them in Hebron before the Lord. And they anointed David king over Israel according to the word of the Lord by Samuel. And David and all Israel went to Jerusalem where the Jebusites were the inhabitants of the land. And the inhabitants of Jebus said to David, You shall not come in here. Circle this word. Nevertheless. Say it with me. Nevertheless. Nevertheless, David took the castle of Zion, which is the city of David. David took what was already his. And I came by to tell you, You're about to come into possession of things that are already yours. It's yours. You just never had the keys in your hand. It's yours. You just never had the title to it. Tell somebody, I'm going to get what's mine. I'm going to get what's mine. Would you lift your hands, please? Father, I pray that an anointing fall on these, your people that will break the yoke of bondage that will release the oppressed and set the captive free. Do what only you can do in this building. We need you. We not only need you, we desire you. We want you more than we want anything. Father God, I pray something like a day of Pentecost would happen in this building today. Let the Holy Ghost just breathe in this place. Just exhale on your people today. Father, let somebody receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with fire. Father, I thank you that you're going to move in this building in Jesus' name. If you believe it one more time, would you give him praise just before you have your seat? I'm going to preach this morning just real quick a message entitled, We Will Conquer But By Covenant. Say that to the person next to you. We will conquer but by covenant. We said last week in the introduction of 2022 and last week was the first Sunday that I've been able to preach this year because of some sickness that I've dealt with and I'll share with you a little bit about that later but uh, the year of 2022 is the year of covenant everyone say the year of covenant and so you say Pastor Rick how do you come up with that and how was that affirmed or confirmed to you by the Holy Spirit as I was studying Uh, about the year of 2022, just prophetically asking God to show me some kind. uh, Let me look through some kind of prophetic telescopic lens through 365 days. This word kept coming to me, covenant, covenant. And as I began to study after the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me the word covenant, I learned that the 22nd letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which is the last letter The Hebrew alphabet has 22 letters, and the last letter is the letter Tav, T-A-V. And the letter Tav literally means to sign or to seal, to sign or to seal by way of covenant. Therefore, the Lord confirmed to me that what I had heard in prayer was absolutely true. That 22 is representative of a lot of things, but the main thing or the core thing Concerning the number 22 is the idea of covenant. Um, Now, I thought to myself, that is very interesting because if there's any time in history where we're experiencing division and polarization, even among the people of God, it is now. There's never been more disagreement than there is now. So where disagreement reigns, what has been galvanized somehow begins to dissolve which means relationships that you once counted as important, relationships that you once counted as paramount in your life, now seem to take on less significance than ever before. And it's almost like we're learning to live in isolation and separation and segregation. And I'm here to submit to you as the people of God, when you begin to adapt to and adopt the philosophy of the world and the rudiments of the world in the routine of your Christian life, you are become a double-minded man who is unstable in all of his ways. What was once absolutes, what was once concrete, is now become fluid. Everything is liquid. It's like you can't get commitment anymore. You, you can't get resolution anymore. Everything is up for negotiation. Everything is up for conversation and compromise. Where conviction now rests on the table of preference and negotiation. And I'm here to tell you as the people of God, we must get back to a place that we have resolved in our heart. We serve a covenant God. Amen. And if we serve a covenant God, we must be a covenant people. Can you say amen to that? So if it is a year of covenant and the 22nd letter of the Hebrew alphabet is the last letter used in the Hebrew sentence in the beginning in Genesis chapter one, then you must understand that Bereshith was the setting of the end. So God always speaks an end and backs up and gives it a beginning. You're only going toward what God has already finished. Don't get confused in the jeopardy and the trial and the trouble and the circumstance. That's not the end. That's not the conclusion. Don't confuse a chapter in your life with the conclusion of your life. I'll say it again. Don't confuse a chapter in your life with the conclusion of your life. Somebody needs to hear that right there. Because I just got a feeling that there's a a heaviness. And I know you said it four times. I counted it. We are here to encourage you. Four different times. We are here to encourage you. Talk a little more. Sing a little more. We are here to what? Encourage you. And I, I'm here to tell you, tell you, Jared, that if we've ever been in a day where the people of God need to be encouraged just now because there's such a spirit of heaviness, There's such a spirit of dread. It's almost like hopelessness has invaded the house of God. Well, I am here under the anointing and auspices of the Holy Ghost with the authority of the name of Jesus Christ to obliterate every bit of doubt and unbelief, every restriction Satan has tried to place on your life. I dare you to jump up and shout, the best is yet to come. Come on, say it. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. We need our hope back. Come on, church. We need to get our faith back. Amen. Tell somebody it's on in the building right now. So what is a covenant? Let's, let's get to some practical things here. A covenant is when two or more parties come together to make a contract agreeing on promises, agreeing on stipulations, agreeing on privileges, And listen to this, agreeing on responsibilities. And Amos the prophet said in chapter three, verse three, how can two walk together except they be agreed? Are y'all with me? How can two walk together in a contract, in a covenant, except they be agreed? In the Hebrew, the word agree means to engage you will never be involved in something that you are not interested in. Therefore, you will never be engaged to the point that your involvement causes you to be responsible. So what we have in the church today is a lot of irresponsible people. I didn't say you don't love God. I didn't even say you don't love other people. It's just we have been irresponsible with the covenant that God has given us. And I'll show it to you. The preferred meaning of covenant in the Old Testament is bond, to bond, to be bound together. You remember that old song we used to sing 40 years ago? Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with cords that what? Cannot be broken. You don't hear songs like that anymore. Because This generation is really all about the individual's trophy and not the team's trophy. Hmm. So when it comes to covenants between people, and we went over this last week, but just humor me for a moment as we rehearse this, covenants between people are referred to as bilateral covenants. A bilateral covenant is made between two parties, like marriage, and it means that the covenant or relationship is bilateral. We both have equal responsibility. The bond is sealed by both parties. With a vow. Which is often an oath. Having equal privileges. And equal what? Responsibilities. And they carry it out in their assigned roles. But when it comes to God's covenant. It is not bilateral. It is unilateral. Unilateral. It is not your covenant, it's his covenant. Insinuating the idea that he owns the covenant. In Genesis 17, God tells Abraham nine times, it's my covenant. I execute it, I establish it, and your sole responsibility is to enter it. You can't execute it, you can't establish it, all you can do is enter it. How do you enter covenant with God? obedience is your signature to his covenant. Maybe I'm going too fast for y'all. But in a Pentecostal church, they would be shouting by right now. Amen. So God initiated the covenant. God determined the elements of the covenant. God confirmed his covenant with humanity, making it a unilateral covenant. You are not in control of the covenant. It's his covenant. You have one responsibility. Enter it and keep it. You are a recipient of the covenant. You are not a contributor to the covenant. You do not offer elements to the covenant. We are called to accept and receive it as it is offered and to keep it as he has commanded. (laughs) God is good. So I'm studying that this week and I kept hearing the Holy Ghost tell me all you have to do is receive. All you have to do is receive. You know the hardest thing for some people is just to receive. Why is that? Because we, we come in with preconceived ideas of how we should receive what we should receive, when we should receive it, where it is received. And God's saying, if you will just eliminate all those questions and just be a recipient, just open your heart and receive my promise. That's why many people never receive the promise of the Holy Ghost. He said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So you don't look for power, you look for the Holy Ghost. You receive the Holy Ghost and power is the evidence you received it. My God, today, listen, you'll never qualify for it. You'll never be good enough for it. You don't deserve it and you can never earn it. It is a gift that is given by grace. Throw your hands up and shout, I receive the covenant of God today. God is good, isn't he? I remember when I was a little boy, y'all probably did this too. You know, being from Louisiana, we did weird stuff. And in our neighborhood, in our neighborhood, we used to hang out by the canal. It wasn't nothing but a little ditch. But we called it a canal. And the canal connected to the bayou. And the bayou connected to the river. And there at the canal, we would meet. And there was a little street light right there. And when you heard daddy whistle, that meant the conversation is over. The game has ended. Get on your bike. You know that bike where you had that little card in the spokes? And head to the house. And it was there under that street light by that canal. that I can remember more times than not when a guy in the neighborhood wanted to join our club. Well, he had to cut himself a little bit. (laughs) Y'all know nothing about that? (coughs) You had to take your knife and you had to cut your finger right there. Or your, God forbid your wrist, but your finger, right? And then the other guy would cut his finger. And then you would put your fingers together until they kind of stuck. You know, the blood kind of dried, and if, you, and if it didn't stick a little bit, you really not in the group. <laughs> you got the wrong kind of blood. So we'd hold our fingers together until it kind of dried, and then when, then when you pulled it apart, you could really feel it. Are y'all with me? So, so, sometimes I think that, that we were more about covenant as kids than we are adults. You know, we, we were about, hey, we're, the name of our subdivision was White Hills Subdivision. I still think that has something to do with racism, but I'm going to leave that there. <laughs> but if you wanted to be a part of us, we had to share blood together. That's pretty strong, isn't it? Covenant. And it really means to cut. The word covenant means to cut. The current condition in this nation is it's cut. Maybe it's torn. Maybe we could even say it's ripped apart. This is the most divided I've ever seen in my 60 years of living. I know that's hard for you to believe, but I've been here for 60 years. And I have never seen such division. And I never thought I would see it this apparent in the house of God. We used to be better at covering up our opinions. But Facebook showed up. And somehow we have a lot of confidence just to type it. Right? Like you could take people hitting you back on a DM, a direct message or a personal message or or putting it on their Facebook, but Boy, not to your face, right? Let me get spiritual with you. Hebron is an interesting place, see? I think David is strategic when it comes to locations. This guy is slick. Come on, God made him that way. God allowed David to be born in Bethlehem. Mm, The same place our Savior is born. David captures places like Ziklag. Which means enveloped in grief. And he turns it into a place full of joy. David turns a cave into a gathering place for soldiers that are in debt, discouraged, and discontented. And he builds an army out of 300 broke down guys and the same guys in the cave are gonna live with him in the castle. David has a way of working places. And he comes to Hebron. Hebron's not just any place. Hebron is the location that Abram pitched his first tent, and he built his first altar. Hebron in scripture is significant because that's where Sarah died. It's where Joshua won a major victory for the people of God. Hebron. Hebron is that place that Caleb received as an inheritance. It's where Samson carried the doors to the city on his shoulders. Just stay with me. Hebron is important. And it's the place that God gave David to cover him. And the Bible says in our text, all Israel gathered themselves unto David at Hebron. David did not go to them. They came to him. Where? In a covered place. In a secured place. Watch what they said when they got there. Behold. We are your bone. And we are your flesh. You know what Hebron means in the Hebrew? Communion. Say that word. Communion. It means to be joined together. Hebron. Communion. Common union. To be joined together. You know what the enemy's greatest nightmare is? That we would come together. The enemy's greatest fear is that we get past this pandemic and your opinion. The enemy's greatest fear is that everybody lays their own agenda down. For one agenda and that agenda is the kingdom of God that's his greatest fear what is communion if I go to preach and y'all forgive me I am a Pentecostal preacher what is communion first Corinthians chapter 10 verse 16 the cup of blessing which we bless is it not the communion is it not the blood of Christ The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread. We being many are one body. We are all partakers of that one bread. What is communion? Communion is when people take the cup of blessing and the cup of blessing is we are one. We're one. It's when you bring your lives together with other people. It's when you unite unite your dreams with the dreams of a community. My God here. When Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he's not writing to a unified church. He's writing to a segregated, separated church. People were saying well I was baptized by Apollos and I was baptized by this one and Paul said I didn't baptize none of y'all but a few he said. He remembered yeah there was this one family that I baptized and he said you're putting emphasis on things that cause you to be separate instead of things that bring you together. Are y'all with me? I'm gonna bring it to the text. Here's the problem: David is facing the same thing in the Old Testament in 1 Chronicles chapter 11 as Paul was facing in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, separation and segregation. At this time, Ishbosheth, you know who that is? That's Saul's son has reigned over Judah for seven and a half years while David is reigning over Israel for seven and a half years. Or David is reigning over Judah and Ishmael is reigning over Israel for seven and a half years. Seven and a half years, God's kingdom is divided. And in that seven and a half years, you will not find one victory for Judah or one victory for Israel. Why? Because they were divided. They came to David at the place of communion and said, we are your bone and we are your flesh. Have you ever heard that terminology? Yes, you have. You heard it in the barrenseth of time. In Genesis chapter two, verse 23, when Adam said, this is now bone Of my bone. Come on in this building. And flesh of my flesh. These people told David. We are marrying you. We are married. That's how strong. They took the covenant. Do you remember me. Telling you. In the preface of this message. That the city of David. Was already David's but he didn't have it. It was his, but he couldn't possess it. The Holy Ghost spoke to me and said he could not possess it because he was working with a people who would not come together. And there are some things in your future that you're supposed to have, the church is supposed to enjoy. But we will never enjoy them while we're fighting each other. We will never enjoy them while Ishbosheth is reigning over here and David is reigning over here. We will never enjoy those possessions as long as we are polarized. Amen. Woo. That's big time vocabulary. We're bone of your bone and flesh of your flesh. So I start studying. What did they mean by that? The word bone literally means three things. Your support, your strength, and your structure. We are here to support. We are here to add strength. We are here to add structure. We are not here to find every fault. We are not here to find every frailty. We are not here to talk about everything that is wrong. We are here as an addition not a subtraction. We are here to add, not to take away. We are here to bless and not curse. We are here to be a part and not stand on the outside. We are here to be involved. Look at somebody next to you and tell them, I need you. You have trouble saying that, but you do. There are certain things we will never enjoy until we get it together. And they said, we are bone, you're bone, and we are your flesh. Oh, I dare you to do the proper etymology on the study of the word of God. Study to show thyself approved a workman that needeth not be ashamed, but rightly handles the word of truth. Don't be throwing scripture out there you know nothing about. He said, we are your, they, they told David, we are your bone and we are your flesh. Do the root exegesis of the word flesh. It doesn't mean that which fights against you. It means that which brings good news to you. See, when you are wrapped in the sensitivity of other people's lives, they do not bring news to you that discourages you and beats you down and condescends to you. Oh, for a word from a foreign land that will cause our hearts to be happy and our soul to be joyful. The last thing I need is to see another brother or another sister to remind us how bad it is and how things are off and what's wrong with the kingdom and what's not right. Oh my God, what if we ever got to a place like we had this morning when we walk into a conference room and we say, Jaron, how's it going, family? And y'all say, oh, Pastor Rick, it's so good to see you. What happens right there? There's a dynamic that cannot be reversed. There's a dynamic that cannot be removed. If we would get bad news out of our mouth and good news in our mouth, we would see the body of Christ moving at the speed of light instead of resting in the speed of darkness. Darkness. It's time for us to change our vocabulary till we say to one another, man, I am bone of your bone. I am flesh of your flesh. We are married. We are in this thing together. And when we get together, there's nothing we can't conquer. There's nothing we can't defeat. The Bible says one can put a thousand to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. How many can all of us put together? flight if we all get on the same page I dare you to throw your hands up and shout communion, common union, get it together get on the same page Paul said you ought to speak the same thing, be of the same mind I'll stop I'll stop, but I could preach on it all day long Paul said in the same book to the church at Corinth, Lord have mercy, I beseech you. Study the Greek. He's begging them. I beseech you, brothers, by the name of Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. Listen, I I beg you that there be no divisions among you. Keep reading, Pastor Rick. But that you be perfectly joined together. Say it with me. Perfectly joined. One more time. Perfectly joined together. You know what the word perfectly means in the Greek? You have been repaired and adjusted. You cannot perfectly be joined together when you're trying to bring your fragmented self up into something that is very whole and integer. You have got to say, God, repair me so I fit right. Adjust my attitude so I fit right. I dare you to throw your hands up and say, Lord, repair me and adjust me. Let me bring it to your house. I'm losing so much weight. I got to pull my pants up. Let me bring it to your house. Some of y'all are wondering, why, why is there so much fighting in my marriage right now? Because you won't be perfectly joined. You want to be joined, you don't want to be perfectly joined. But Because if you want to be perfectly joined, you're always throwing yourself up to God saying, repair me, not repair her. You ain't always, pray, fix her Lord and we're going to be fine. And then telling her, if you'll just get fixed, we're going to be all right. On, please, and telling her, you need to adjust yourself. And then me and you are going to be aligned. Instead of saying, God, adjust me. And let me tell you something. I heard the Holy Ghost say, he's about to take you to the spiritual chiropractor. Hey. Let me tell you something. Some of the adjustments you're about to go through, you're going to hear some popping and some cracking. And some, uh, 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 uh. But until we get aligned, until we get repaired and adjusted, we might go along, but we're not getting along. Y'all just missed that right there. There's a lot of people in a lot of churches going along, but they're not getting along. I feel conviction is thick in the building today. So once the covenant is written, what's the word covenant mean? Bound together. It cannot be altered and it cannot be annulled. Wow. That's strong. If God is a covenant God, then shouldn't we be a covenant people? Yeah. She is weighing on you right now because you're wondering what commitment I'm about to ask of you. Because certainly pastor would not be preaching on covenant and not ask me for a commitment. On, He's fixing to receive an offering. He's fixing to ask me for tithe. He's about to ask me to give something, and you are right, but it ain't your money. You know what I'm going to ask you to give? Your heart. Give your heart. Would you put your heart here, not just your mind? Let me say it another way. Can you get your heart in here, not just your hips? Get your heart in here. Get your heart in here. Well, we say to one another, I got your back. I am bone of your bone and flesh of your flesh. I'm not saying you say that to me. I'm saying we say that to each other. That's true covenant. Now, I find it interesting, and I'll close. The point of the whole story is that David gets what is his. What is it? the city of David. But David is smart enough to know I can't do it by myself. Can you say it with me? I can't do it by myself. Y'all almost said it just, just, just exactly right. Let's say it one more time. I can't do it by myself. There you go. That was good, Vicky. I can hear you way over here. See, You can't have some of the stuff. God told Israel in Exodus chapter three, again in Exodus chapter 19, you shall be a peculiar people, not person unto me when you keep my covenant. Peculiar literally means strange, different. You'll be an unusual people when you start keeping my covenant. All of you, not one of you, That's strong You shall be my people God is a congregational God Read all through scripture Where God does things among people More than he ever does In isolation with one person There's some things he reserves for the body Now I want you to say it with me I can't get it by myself David knew that he knew what he wanted he knew what he he had he knew what was his but he also knew I can't get it till I can get these people together can I tell you that if the church ever came together if we ever came together And really did what I preached to you today. Do you know I believe that there wouldn't be one person in this building suffering from some kind of virus or disease that has the potential to kill them? Listen to me. It's divisions and quarrels and fights that are among you that causes prayers to go unanswered. That's what the Apostle James said. You ask for selfish motives. But if we all come together and say we are family there's nothing in Oklahoma that could stop this church from ushering in the greatest revival this state has ever seen but you've got to lay down your entitlement you've got to lay down your agenda and get on the agenda of the kingdom of God let me read it to you I know what that means right there and I'm not ready Verse 4, I didn't mean that in any kind of way other than I'm just not ready. Verse 4 says, David and all Israel. David and who? David and the elder board. David and the deacons. David and the praise team. No, David and all Israel went to Jerusalem. And the Jebusites were there. And the Jebusites said, you will not come in here. And David laughed. I just I threw that in there. I just believe he did. Because, you know why I believe that? Every, because the Bible says, nevertheless. Have you ever faced something that said, you ain't coming in here? And you was bulldog determined enough to say, nevertheless. What are you saying by that? You will never get the less of me. No. This is not going to require the less or least of you. This is going to require the best of you. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? Nevertheless David took captured the city of Jerusalem which was the city of David. Somebody say take it. You'll never take it by yourself. Now this is gonna blow you away and I'm done. They say, you'll never get in here. The Bible says, nevertheless, David took the city of David. David took what? The city of what? That sounds funny, don't it? David took the city of David. It was already his. He just never had taken it. There's stuff that is yours, that you have never taken. Now I want you to know something here. You will never see in this passage of scripture that God did it. That just went right over your head. God did not shake the ground. He did not thunder over the Jebusites. He did not strike terror in their heart. It never said God did anything. Did y'all hear what I'm saying to you? We are all sitting around expecting God to do stuff that God said, I'm expecting you to do it. And here's what God's saying. Because you are so dissected and you're so segregated and you're so separated, you can't get it done. So nothing is changing because you can't come into unity. Oh, how good and how pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity it is like oil oil is released anointing is released where unity prevails are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you listen that stuff belongs to you there's stuff that belongs to this church but until we come in covenant together and you know what I almost did? I almost printed a piece of paper and made you sign it. And you know what the paper was going to say? We are bone of your bone and flesh of your flesh. We are one. You touch one of us, devil, you touched all of us. You touch one family in this church, you touched every family in this church. Are y'all hearing what I'm telling you? And if you want to stir up a hornet's nest, touch one of us. You want a whole family to get after you, touch one of us. Somebody shout, we're going to get our stuff. Say it again, we're going to get our stuff. Would you please stand all over the building? I have preached it the best I know how. That's the best I know how to preach this. This is a year of covenant. Many times, covenant will wreck your convenience. I'll say it again. There's nothing convenient about having to cut these animals right down the middle and blood is everywhere. There's nothing pretty about this petition. Covenant requires cutting. Covenant requires blood. Covenant gets dirty. Y'all hear what I'm telling you? And if you're not willing to go through all of that, then you're not really really a covenant person. You'll never enjoy covenant by going around sacrifice. It's going to cost you something to live in covenant. Now you say, Pastor Rick, can you make that contemporary? Yes, Jesus hung and died on a cross. He shed his blood. His blood was the signature of his covenant to save a world from their sin. The sign of Tav is the sign of a cross. It's the X turn right side up. Phew. That's the 22nd letter of the Hebrew alphabet. How did Christ end it? He ended the covenant by hanging on a cross. I'm here to tell you, you serve a covenant God. Will you be a covenant people? I'll ask you again. You serve a covenant God. Will you be a covenant people? Please lift your hands all over the building. Father, I thank you for these people. And I pray, God, you will eradicate the spirit of division that would come in this house or any church. Lord, begin to pull your people together. Remind us of our covenant. To be perfectly joined together. Adjust us. Repair us. Fix us. So that we can all enjoy a prophetic future. I love you with all of my heart. I pray for marriages. Adjust and repair. Adjust and repair. Husband, be adjusted. Wife, Be adjusted. Husband, be repaired. Wife, be repaired. Be perfectly joined together. Father, I love you. And I thank you for these people. I speak success to them in every area.